Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. Today we are privileged to have a guest speaker. May God bless you as you enjoy this week's message. Thank you, thank you. How you guys doing? You all right? Welcome. Glad that you guys are here on this holiday weekend. Welcome to Garner NCCIW. Everyone join us on our TV ministry or iCampus. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad that you guys are taking the opportunity to tune in today. And also to you guys coming in on your holiday weekend, the first unofficial day of summer. How are you liking that? Right? Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, I always love the opportunity to come um, into big church. That's what we call it upstairs. It's not a fat joke or anything like that. Uh, We call you guys big church in uh, student ministry. And uh, it's just such an honor and and a privilege to be able to come and to share the word of God with you this morning. Um, Any students or parents of students in the house today? Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? Right on. How about this? How about uh, parents of fifth graders? Yeah, a couple of you guys. Yes. In two weeks, they are mine. Yeah, I am excited. We have an incredible group of fifth grade students rolling up into sixth grade into an incredible group of uh, current impact students. I'm pumped. Uh, funny story, uh, yesterday, uh, the fifth graders were able to go do like their, their, their annual service project that they go do, and um, I wasn't able to be a part of it, but they were kind of doing their thing, and um, as I was driving to church, um, I, I was coming here to do some stuff, and I saw the van Big old, big white, I call it, big old church van, right? Pulled over on the side of the road, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? Um, And so I flip around, and I realize that um, something is wrong with the van, right? Church vans, you guys know how that rolls. Um, But something was wrong with the van, and so I'm like, sweet. Like, I know, like, that's the fifth grade. Like, this is an opportunity for me to, like, come in and, like, be the hero, you know? And be like... I got this, right? Like, I'll take care of it. I'll get you guys going, like, being like, because, like, they're all going to be mine here pretty soon. And what's funny is, like, I know nothing about cars. And so I'm like, I'm going to try something out. So let's see what happens. And so I, I go over there, and I realize that it, it's not the, well, I, they uh, realize that it's not the gas. They, they have plenty of gas in there. And, and then we try to jump it, and all this kind of stuff happens. So all of a sudden, me being the hero and trying to swoop in and save the day, um, they all left, and I was left with the van. I'm like, man, like being the hero stinks. Like it's like hot out here, you know? But uh, it was fun. This is a cool opportunity for me to kind of touch base with, with the, uh, the fifth graders and, and all that they do. So here we are. Like I said, the unofficial start of summer and uh, very excited about today. You guys enjoying the series so far? Yes, yes. Hopefully you guys are that enthused after today. Um, but uh, I'm excited. And of course, we're in week four, which by process of elimination would be Ephesians 4. So go ahead and jump into Ephesians. We're going to get there in a second. But we have a lot to cover today. And let me kind of share something cool about Ephesians 4. See, Ephesians 4 is like money. Like it really is. Like this is one of the most intentional and clear chapters, I think, out there. It's really, as you kind of read through it, maybe if you read through it this week or if you've read through it in the past, or maybe you're skimming it right now, you know, uh, Ephesians 4 is basically like this checklist. It's this checklist for the church on how the church should be the church. But I was thinking, all right, like how can I present so much material in the 25, 30 minutes that I'm allotted, all right? And so I was kind of like, what if like, we were able to like, give you guys like, the cliff notes, like the abridged version of where we're going today? So bust out your teaching notes. You guys want to use those today. But I want to give you kind of like the three overlying themes for this whole chapter. Y'all ready? Cool. Here's what it is. The first one, get over yourself. Ugh, right? Get over yourself. Second one, work together. Thirdly, Live 
graciously. Get over yourself, work together, and live graciously. Then, of course, I kept on thinking. I was like, man, like, wouldn't it be cool if like, Ephesians 4 had like, a theme song? Like, that would be sweet. And so, um, precursor, I'm the student pastor, <laughs> like I said. So these are things that I have to know. But the first thing that popped in my head was high school musicals. We're all in this together, right? Any fans of high school musical out there? Yeah, you, you, you college girls are like, woo, like that was like your time, right? Others of you are like, what in the world is this fool talking about? You know, if maybe you were a little bit before, I'm not calling you old by any means, I'm just saying that you were a little bit before like the rise of Zac Efron, okay? Let's just kind of put that out there. How about like We Are the World? Any fans right there? You know, you got the snap and sway? You know, and like, it'd be cool. Like we can do a cool feature and like, we get like Beyonce and, and Justin Bieber and like Pastor Fuller and like Sinead O'Connor all singing it. Like, how cool would that be? Feature next week, Pastor Fuller, get on the phone, call Bieber up, right? He's in house next week. That's, that's a rumor I'm spreading, right? Killer, killer. But we're going to jump right in. Like I said, I have to say that I think that Ephesians 4 is one of the most practical chapters in the whole Bible. So, how many of you guys in here brought your Bible, hold it up, say amen. amen. Yes, right on. See some phones, some iPads. Nice. I want an iPad. Cool, cool. So we're jumping right in, all right? Ephesians 4.1. It'll be on the side screens for you guys, but Ephesians 4.1 says this, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. See, what we see here, first of all, if maybe this is your first time stepped into this series, maybe it's your first time at New Hope, welcome. We're in a, 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 a series on Ephesians, and this is Paul. I love how Pastor Benji called him Pastor Paul. I think that's a great way to put it. Pastor Paul is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, and really, like, right out of the gate, Paul is just laying it out there, kind of setting the tone for where he's about to go in the next 32 verses. You see, beloved people of New Hope Church, there is no doubt in my mind that God's favor is on this body of believers. Amen? Amen. And so I come to you this morning simply just bringing the word of God in order to challenge you in order to encourage you, in order to build you up and also build up the church of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. God, we thank you for the chance that we have just to unpack a ton of information on how we can continue to be the church and how we can go out there, Lord, and give people a glimpse of the saving grace that you offer. Lord, we love you. We ask all these things in your name. Amen, amen. So like I said, Paul really like starts right out the gate with where he's going. And see, he says that we are called. We are called. He's saying, hey, church in Ephesus, you're called. Hey, New Hope Church, you are called. And then he continues in his letter in verse two in order to let them know what they are are called to. So here we have Ephesians 4, verses 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, 
who is over all and through all and in all. Unity. See, right here, this is kind of the whole like get over yourself part of the chapter. See, this is where you and I, we need to kind of set ourselves to the side. But I want to dig a little bit deeper into that specific passage right there, verses two through six. I love how the message translation puts it. Absolutely, it's beautiful. It's powerful. So take a look at this. The exact same verses that I just read in the message translation, it says this, I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily, pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, and quick at mending fences. You were all created to travel on the same road in the same direction, so stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. And get this, I love this. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. Oneness, unity. See, Paul actually says that the, that the you that he's kind of referring to, it's more than just like an individual you. It's more than just you as a person. Paul's actually referring also to you as the church. You, the church, me, the church, us, the church. And so this is what he says, everything you, the church, are and think and do is permeated, saturated, flooded with oneness. Okay, I get it. So we're all created and intended to do this together as one body of believers. And of course, like here we are, right? We're sitting here together. We're clapping, some of us together, right? We're singing together. We're in the same room. We're hearing the same things. We are one. But Paul's not done yet. Paul takes it just another step closer. Check out verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now we're getting into the whole work together part. And what this verse is basically saying is that God himself, God himself has given you something. Now, when I say you, I mean you as an individual, you as a person. Go ahead and slap your name in there. God has given Scott something. God has given you something. He's called you to something. And church, let me tell you something. No matter what the world may tell you, no matter what you might tell yourself, what God has called you to do, God has equipped you to do. What God has called you to do, he has equipped you to do. I mean, what better way to build up the body of Christ than by laying down your own life, by giving of your time, by sacrificing your energy for his glory, by using these gifts that God has given you in order to build 
the church. See, what this comes down to is serving the church. There's a movie out right now. Any movie buffs in here? A couple of you guys. Right on. Cool. There's a movie out there right now that's just like slaughtering the box office, right? Anyone seen The Avengers yet? Yes, yes. There you go. Right on. Anyone have not, has not seen it? Cool. Spoiler alert. All right. Get ready for this. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you guys are like, I'm out of here, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Right, let me fill you on the movie. Nothing more than you would see in the trailer. Like, this is all like what you should already know if you're going to go see it, right? So Nick Fury, he's played by Samuel L. Jackson. Any Samuel L. Jackson fans in here? There we go. There we go. He's the director of this international peacekeeping organization called S.H.I.E.L.D., and what he does in the movie, he actually brings together this group of superhumans, meaning superheroes, so that they could save the world from Loki and his army. Obviously, with a name like Loki, you got to be an alien, <laughs> all right? So here, that, that's where we're going. Now, some of you just completely checked out on me, right? You're like superheroes, aliens, where's the love story, right? Like, let, let's, let's get to the love story, right? Stick with me. This is good, I promise. I want to draw your attention to a statement that was made in the movie, Nick Fury, again, played by Samuel L. Jackson, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., says this. He says, there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to become something more. So when we needed them, they could fight the battle that we never could. See, for those of you who have seen the movie, you know that as the plot unravels, as the movie continues, you see that every single hero has a role. Each hero has their own gifting. And the whole reason that this team was brought together to begin with was so that they could fight the battle together. So they could become something more than they ever could be alone. See, we've got to get over ourselves. We've got to get over our agenda and our ego, and we've got to work together. You see, the world in the movie was at stake. The battle was raging, and it was going to be lost unless this team of remarkable people came together and didn't fight as individuals, but instead fought as the Avengers, fought as one each of them uniquely contributing to their individual role within the team. Their unique individual role within the larger body. And as you know, if we're honest, I mean, it's no different today. The world is still at stake. People's eternities hang in the balance. The battle is raging, and there is no way on earth that any of us could stand a chance if we went at it alone. So Paul is telling us, church, you've been equipped. We each have a role to play. We've got to be united. Together. Together, we can become something more. Together, we can fight the battle that I never could. Together, we can fight the battle that you never could. But when we truly are together, we can fight this battle. Paul continues. Take a look as Paul continues in his letter in verse 16. Verse 16 says this. From him, meaning Jesus Christ, the whole body, 
joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, you have a role. I have a role. We each have a role. We each have a purpose, and we are all called. And we, meaning you and me, we work together to build up, to encourage, to edify, and to glorify the deserving name of Jesus Christ. But let me read your mail for a second. Let me kind of step into your world, because as I step into your world, I'm stepping into mine too. See, some of us are kind of thinking, you know, like, okay, I get it. I have a role to play. All right, I get it. I hear you. Like, I know that we're called to work together, but how do you do it? Because do you see what I'm working with as you're, like, checking out down the row to you? Do you see what I got to work with? What's cool is that we're only halfway through the chapter. I mean, Paul's got you. Paul has thought of everything. And I'm not going to unpack all of this, but Paul is telling us that as we've been called... You and I have been called to a new way of life. We've been called to a new way of living. Verse 22. Verse 22 says this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Get over yourself. Live graciously. See, what he's saying is that the way that you used to live, the way that I used to live, that was before God got a hold of our life. That old way, now that's just old. That's yesterday's news. Move on. We are each called to live a new way of life, to live differently than who we used to be. As we continue, this is where Paul's like practicality comes into play. This is where Paul like gets real up in your face, just basically telling you like it is. And like I said in the beginning, like I really mean like this chapter is money because you don't have to understand and dissect the original Greek in order to understand what Paul's saying here. I mean, you and I, we can easily start to pick up what Paul's throwing down. Like we can totally start to smell what Paul's stepping in, right? You like that one? Give it a second, let it linger, right? But what's cool is that it's all incredibly straightforward. So starting in verse 25, here we go, rapid fire. Just hold on tight. Hold on tight. Verse 25 says this. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In other words, quit your lying. Live truthfully. Be truthful. Speak the truth and speak it in love. Verse 26 says this, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Great verse. Hold tight. We're coming back to this one. All right. Next one. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. You know what that's saying? Get you a job, Aladdin, right? I mean, work, 
so you can help those who can. Make an honest living so that you can bless those in need. Serve people. Know your role. But Paul's not done yet. I mean, Paul's just getting warmed up. Like, he's just going, right? Verse 29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Be encouraging. Be uplifting. Don't talk just to talk. Make sure it's beneficial. And then it goes on to say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve God. Don't disappoint. I can only imagine, I'm sure that you guys can, can sit there and say the same thing. I can't imagine how many things I have said or done or thought that God's like, ugh, why did you just say that, right? Like, what are you doing, you know? Like, I can't even imagine that earlier this, uh, this week, right? I was out driving and uh, doing my thing. I was in a hurry. I had a lot of places to be. So I'm out driving, right? And um, let me just call a spade a spade. Let's call it like it is. I am an incredible driver, all right? It's just that everyone else in the world has commuting issues, okay? And so um, it's so weird when I get out there, like, being the only person that really knows how to drive. It's like, oh, come on, people. Like, where'd you learn this from? Uh, So I'm out there driving. And like I said, I'm just doing my thing, trying to get the stuff done that I needed to get done. And I'm just out there. Well, Everyone is driving down the road, as they should, and uh, there is one car, one car that is going significantly below the speed limit. I also notice in this car going significantly below the speed limit, their back window is packed full of Beanie Babies. (laughs) Now, let me just put this out there. If that's your thing, awesome. Not my thing. If that's your thing, way to go. I'm not calling you out. We all got our things, right? Like we all do weird stuff. Whatever, it's cool, it's cool. Welcome, glad you're here. (laughs) But I believe, all right, this is where a human Scott comes in and this might be one of those things that God's like, "Uh uh-uh, don't go any further, but I'm already halfway through, so might as well keep going. Um, I firmly believe that there is a direct correlation between the miles under the speed limit that you drive and the amount of beanie babies and or stuffed animals in your back seat, all right? They go hand in hand, okay? Leaving that how it is, right? That's your thing, cool, right? Remember when beanie babies were like the thing, right? A few years ago, like people were like fight for beanie babies, like a walrus with rice in it. Like it's just crazy. It was like Tickle Me Elmo and Furby and like beanie babies, right? And everybody wanted their beanie babies because one day they were going to be collector's items. We're still waiting on that day, I think, right? My daughter has one. It's a little black poodle called Gigi, right? So when those go up, like later, Tanley, this is mine, right? Like I'm selling this bad boy. Uh, But it's crazy. When you make your millions, make sure you tithe, all right? Make sure that happens. But it's happening, and one day it could happen, okay? So I'm driving, back to my story. In order to inform this individual that they were uh, safety first, right? Safety first. In order to inform them that they could potentially cause an accident by the amount under the speed limit that they were going, I decided that as I drove by, don't judge me because all of you guys do this too, all right? I just give them the look. Anyone else do that? There we go. We're amongst friends. It's a safe place. Safe place. 
And so I just give them the stare down just so they know what's up, all right? And so as I'm passing them, I'm just looking at them and I'm seeing all of their beanie babies and stuff like that. Now, confession, I do this far too much. <laughs> I do. And so often I forget that like a lot of you, as I'm passing, I realize that now this woman has this incredible view of my New Hope Church <laughs> magnet right on my trunk, right? Those things, man, who has a magnet? If you don't have a magnet, get you a magnet. Golly, they're under your chairs. But those are the best and the worst bits of accountability on the planet right? And so I so often forget, like I said, I'm an incredible driver, so I don't have to worry about this too much. Um, but I mean, it's just so crazy. So I'm realizing as I'm passing, you know, you, you drive like this and <laughs> right? Like you got to drive. And so as I'm passing, I realize that she has this incredible glimpse of this New Hope Church magnet. And then it's like one of those times where you speed up only to slow down because there was a red light. And uh, guess who pulled up right next to me? And uh, it's not like I can be like, hey, like, come to New Hope. I'm teaching this week, right? Like, I'm telling a story about you, you know? <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought, you know? But it's crazy. Like, I can just imagine God, like, looking down at me and being like, oh, like, we were so close with that one. You just ruined it, right? Like, what are you doing? Uh, and so I realized that what's so weird is, like, I could go on and on all day of all these things that I think and say and do that God's like, why did you just do that? Like, come on, work with me here. Give me something here, you know? Like, the driving is just the tip of the iceberg. That's all I could share. We're still having a job here, right? Like, this is, this is so funny. But uh, just kidding, just kidding. But here's what it comes down to, church. It's about glorifying God in all we say, in all we think, in all we do. Paul tells us, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He keeps going, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know what I think? I think that this is what it all comes down to. This verse right here, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And he forgave quickly. And he forgave thoroughly. He forgave. Earlier this month was uh, election day, right? Some guys are like, oh, well, yeah. I'm going there, right? Hold up, right? Hot button issue, Amendment 1, okay? Whether you're for it, whether you're against it, I'm not going there. But if you're for it or you're against it, I have a verse for you. It says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. All right? Now, sorry to let you down. Those of you guys who want me to go there, I'm not going there. I just wanted to give you guys some context. Ooh, feel the tension in here, right? But I found something so fascinating. Like I said, I'm not talking about Amendment 1 anymore. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about election. Any, that's done with. It's just giving us context where we're going to go. I found something fascinating. The Union County Commissioner, Todd Johnson, he was asked, like, all right, man, like, why in the world is there so much publicity, so much commotion, so much hubbub going into the, 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 the moral and the social issues? 
when the state of our economic is like, economy is like going down the drain. Like, why are we so focused on that? Like, shouldn't we be focused on the money here? I love this. This is what he said. He said, if the moral and social issues of our country are not addressed, you don't have to worry about the economic issues. They will not matter at that point in time. Church, the final verse of chapter four is the turning point. I mean, if, if we are not able to forgive as we've been forgiven, then what in the world are we doing? This is what matters. And if this doesn't matter, then what else does matter? See, this is what we have to get. And this is so stinking hard sometimes. But verse 32 has to be what you and I are all about, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Forgiveness, grace, second, third, 45th chances. There's an organization out there. I follow them on Twitter. They're called the People of the Second Chance. Beautiful name. But they actually defined forgiveness as this. It's already in your notes. Forgiveness is me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. You see, if we're not forgiven, if we are not forgiven, then what's the point? I mean, really, if you and I are not forgiven, then us and the whole world can just go to hell, and it will. See, maybe the only thing, the only reason that you walked through those doors this morning was so you could hear this. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know where you've been. I don't know your history. I don't know you, but I do know what the Bible says. And the Bible speaks grace. The Bible says that you are forgiven. That's the whole reason that Jesus came to earth was to die on a cross for you, to be forgiven. Because just like we are forgiven, just like I'm forgiven, we are called to forgive, and we're called to forgive quickly, and we're called to forgive thoroughly. Because I cannot think of anything else that stirs up disunity. I mean, nothing breaks people apart like the harboring of hurts, like the holding on of letdowns, like the, 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 the holding of disappointments. And you and I, we can become so much more when we work together. See, church, forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. As we close this morning, like I said, I want to revisit verse 26. But I want to read it from the message translation. So this is what it says, verse 26. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. You saw the bumper. You look in your bulletin. You see that what this series comes down to is Ephesians, building the body of Christ. And the way that you and I can build the body of Christ is through one word, serving. Serving. See, here's how this whole chapter comes full circle. 
Here's how it all wraps up incredibly well. See, what if instead of you and I staying bitter, what if instead of you and I not allowing forgiveness, holding back forgiveness, what if instead of getting mad at people and our friends and our neighbors and our family, what if instead of getting mad at situations, what if instead we got mad at the facts? What if you and I took a step back, got mad at the facts, and then did something about it. Can I share some facts with you this morning? Here's something for you to get hacked off at. Here's where it does you well to get angry. How about the fact that 60%, 60% of high school students will walk away from the church, from their faith, and from God after they graduate high school. 60%. How about the fact that one in three kids grows up without a dad? One in three kids grow up without a genuine male role model. I believe that there's a special place in heaven for men that serve in the church and just like get down on with kids. Like, oh man, incredible. What about 30%? 30% is where teenage pregnancy currently sits only going up. What about homelessness? What about the fact that there's one billion people in the world that don't have clean drinking water? What about this? What about the 990,000 people in central North Carolina that are yet to be reached with the saving message of Jesus Christ? Their eternities hang in the balance. See, it does you well to get angry. It does us well to get angry. Now do something about it. Go be the church. Fight this battle and fight it together. It's about taking that fire inside of you, that righteous anger, allowing that to you be used and to build up the body of Christ for the glory of Christ. See, the world needs that passion. The world needs that fuel. And here's what I wonder. I wonder if truly, if the body of Christ could actually faithfully and truly come together with God on our side, what in the world could ever stand against us? See, every single week when you walk through those back doors, you're handed a bulletin. And every week we give you the opportunity to get involved to step into a role. So this morning, we want to give you an incredibly easy opportunity to do something. Bust open that bulletin. You'll see a connect card right on there. On the back of that connect card, there's an opportunity for you to mark an X. It's a swipe of your pen to say, I want to get involved because here's what it comes down to, church. Forgiven people forgive people, but saved people serve people. Take a step. Get in the game. Dive in. It's a simply just marking the back of your connect card that you would like to step into your role and start annihilating some of these statistics that I just read off. Dive in. When I was in high school, a group of friends and I decided that we were going to go to the river and cliff jump. And I had to specify cliff jump, not like jumping into like a gorge, like we're jumping into water, all right? So all safe here, you know? 
But I'd never been before, so I was actually pretty uncertain as to what was going to happen as we go cliff jumping. And so my buddies had been before, and so we get down there, and we start getting ready to go. And I kind of walked a little bit behind as I watched my buddies just run off and, like, heave themselves off the top of this rock. And I could hear the water rushing. I couldn't see it. But I remember walking out to the edge of the cliff and staring down at this cold, dark river. 40 feet below me, and my stomach just dropped. And in the midst of all of these thoughts going through my head, my buddy from the bottom yells up, Scott, just jump. Just jump. Now, while they're screaming up at me, I'm going through all the possible outcomes, all the possible circumstances that I could find myself in if I do truly jump, right? I'm like, what if I jump wrong? What if I slip? What if I jump too far? What if I jump too close? Right? Or, or what if I hit a rock? What if I jump beautifully and I do like flips and axles in the air and all of a sudden I bam, I hit a rock or a tree trunk or it's a river. There could be a body in there. I don't know what's in there. You know, what if I don't make it? And in the middle of all of my fears, my friends from the bottom interrupted me and said, Scott, just jump. You've got to go all in. We've got to jump in. You and I, we've got to jump all in. I mean, let's put aside all of those things that divide us. Let's scrape to the sidelines all of our excuses, all of our fears, all of our what ifs. See, church, you and I, we are called to a new way of life. We are called to get over ourselves, to work together, and to live graciously. I mean, that's the body of Christ being lived out. That's the body of Christ being built up. We are all in this together. We're all in it together. We are the church. And I really do think that it's about time that we jump in. See, the challenge and the expectation is very clearly set. And I think what Paul is kind of saying in an overlying theme is this. What if you and me, as individuals, did what we could do, and then we allowed God to do what only he can do? We are called. We are equipped. So now... What are you prepared to do? You guys pray with me. Heavenly Father, we praise you for today. God, we thank you for the incredible opportunity to be able to hear your truth out of Ephesians 4. And God, I pray that if I said anything that was of me and not of you, Lord, that that would just be over with and done with, God, but they would hear Everyone with an earshot would hear what you have called us to do, what you have equipped us to do. God, I ask that as people are sitting here, even now, struggling, questioning, wondering whether they should take a step, whether they should get involved, whether they should step into their role, God, that you would give them the courage and the compassion and the righteous anger to do something about it, to show this world who you are to them and who you can be to other people. 
God, we love you. We praise you. And we ask all of this in your holy, perfect, powerful name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the bottom of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being part of our church family.